This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Uh, across the Atlantic, uh, where the British Open is being held, we've got the Ashes on right now. First test, Australia in a commanding position, especially after some late wickets on the third day, which was fantastic to see. Uh, those late wickets, uh, the two openers uh, were done and dusted by Bolan and Cummins. Uh, we are talking about uh, Duckett and Crawley. In fact, Zach Crawley, what about this? I know he hit a four off the first ball of the match, and we always know that the first ball of the Ashes – it can define a series, can't it? Last time here in Brisbane, Burns got out first ball uh, thanks to that Mitchell Stark Perler. Uh, we all remember Steve Harmison and uh, his, uh, well, went over second sleep mad wide there too. Zach Crawley, first ball four. But he got dismissed by Bowl. In fact, I think we've got the audio here, haven't we? Yes, this is Zach Crawley uh, biting the dust. They're resuming... As Boland is in, down the wicket comes Crawley, edge through to the keeper. And out. Yeah, it is out. Didn't see the finger go, but Crawley's got to go. Advancing on Boland, that's two in three balls. And England are rocking here. Australia have got exactly what they wanted, the conditions to bowl at against tentative batting in poor light. And Boland and Cummins have picked up two wickets in double quick time. Both openers back at a hutch. Yeah, both openers gone, as you heard, in quick time. And that tentative batting too. So Zach Crawley is an attacking player. He is obviously pretty good. We've seen him what he – we see we saw what he did in the <clears> – <throat> excuse me, in the first innings. But as a defensive player, that's where his game gets unstuck. He's been dismissed 28 times while playing a defensive stroke in his test career. 28 times. The lowest shots per dismissal with defensive strokes, he, he tops the list. You have a look at, well, he's in the top five. You have a look at the batters that are around him. Uh, Anderson, Roach, Siddle, and Crawley as an opening batsman is there. So Australia, they are, well, you'd, well, I would say they're in the box seat. So England, two for 28 in their second dig. Um, which gives them a lead of, what, 35 runs with eight wickets remaining. We saw Australia's tail, which it's a long tail. They fell over uh, late last night, and we see Australia trailing by seven runs with England in their second innings, but a two for 28, primed, primed, I feel, for Australia to uh, get a result here. Uh, speaking of openers, one man who's done it all before for Australia and Queensland, and he knows Usman Khawaja's game pretty well, considering he is still part of the Bulls' setup. Right now, he's their team physio, but he's a man who's been there and done it before at the Ashes and for Australia. I speak none other than Martin Love. Marty, very good afternoon to you. Hey, Benny, how are you, mate? Uh, mate, all the better for talking to you. How's the sleepless nights going, staying up watching the Ashes? I must admit, I am going to bed a bit later than I have been uh, over the last uh, since the World Test Championship started last week, and yeah. then obviously this game now. But uh, the rain saved me last night, so I got to bed a bit earlier. But so did I. I went to bed with the first rain delay, but they did come back, and and two wickets falling uh, quite quickly for Australia, which is great. We've knocked over the openers in uh, in Duckett and Crawley. How do you see this match uh, poised after three days? 
Well, it's an interesting position, isn't it? Um, I guess it'll be it, the, the test will be for England how they play this second innings and if they stick to their guns with their attacking uh, plans that they've had from a batting point of view. So uh, losing a couple of wickets straight up um, might put them under a bit more pressure, but obviously they've still got some good batters to come. So I think it's going to be a really couple of good, interesting days to come. Um, and it's going to come down to a little bit about what the wicket does and if it actually starts to deteriorate on days four and five and how the Aussie batters go chasing down the runs that they'll be uh, required to get. Well, that's the thing. We, we know England uh, sort of take no, no prisoners, do they? I don't think they'll be, unless the weather comes in, I don't think they'll be playing out for a draw at all. They'll be trying to force a result either way. I think so. I mean, that's what they've said coming into the into the series, so I wouldn't expect that that would change uh, too much. Um, like, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do if they lose another couple of wickets earlier tonight, if they still continue their, their same approach. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it'll be interesting to see how the series goes. So, I mean, with them taking and scoring quickly, it means our bowlers, our fast bowlers won't bowl as many overs because they'll score their runs quicker. Mm. And vice versa, the England bowlers, because we'll, the Australian team will bat a bit more conservatively, they're going to end up buying a lot of overs, particularly if they continue to play on flat wickets. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the you know the older English bowlers uh, go with bowling more overs. Oh, I like that. I, I like how you're thinking there, Marty. That's very, very, very good. Now, one man you have seen up close and personal for a number of years since he's made the way north he is Usman Kawaja. A great touch uh, again over the last uh, day and a half. I, I found it interesting that he said that the most difficult place on the planet to bat is in England. And, and you know, we, we think of dust bowls in the in the subcontinent and, 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 and what he's been able to do there. I, I thought that was, one, quite strange to actually admit that heading into an Ashes series. But but when you, you have a look at Usman's career and, and what he has done, he's been dropped after both Ashes series that he played in in England and then fought his way back. You've seen that firsthand, how he's worked on his game, how he's fought his way back. And for him, this is almost the last frontier, isn't it? It is. It's probably the one place he hasn't been as successful as – uh, around the rest of the world, and particularly in Australia. So it does challenge your technique, uh, English conditions. And this, this wicket is probably a little bit different to what you would normally get, uh, to be honest, in, in test matches. It hasn't moved, the ball hasn't moved off the seam at all, I don't think, and it's a very slow wicket. So probably doesn't challenge your technique as much, but I think it's quite difficult to, store, to score quickly on um, if you... You know, take your time. So Uzi's obviously got that mental capacity to bat for a long time, which he showed. Uh, I don't think it was his, his best innings from a striking the ball point of view. He looked a bit scratchy at times, but he hung in there and uh, ultimately got the result You know, with, with scoring a, a good 100 and getting Australia into position where they're, they're certainly well and truly still in the game. What, what do you think he would have made of the send-off from uh, Ollie Robson, uh, which is so much has been made of it since it, it happened? I mean... Here he is. He's been yeah. He's been given a spray. He's been called what for? As he's been uh, sent back to the pavilion. Do you, do you think that would even phase our our man, the people's champ? Nah, nah. <laughs> he wouldn't care. He wouldn't care. And the fact that he knew that he's got none of their skin enough for them to require them to give him a send off was be he'd be uh, he'd be keeping that in the back of his mind more so than uh, uh, what was said to him uh, as the bowler went past. So I think he, he knows he's he's. Um, you know, frustrated the, the bowlers and um, the, the send-off wouldn't bother him at all. 
Well, no, I, I, I go back to, to send-offs that just haven't worked. And again, why would you give a bloke a spray who's just battered you out of, you know, out of uh, out of dominance for the last day and a half, put 142 on you, and then you, what, you feel right to give him a spray? I mean, that, that's just heat of the moment stuff. Or could it actually come back and backfire against England? Um, it's probably heat of the moment because at that point, um, you know, looking at the field they had with that ball that Uzi got out, um, that they'd set something up, and maybe that was just the plan, and it worked worked perfectly for them, and that was just that sort of that exuberance of the plan sort of coming together. Um, and yeah, it was he's a determined character, so you know I, I, I don't think how the bowlers react um, will bother him at all. But you know I think you know, it's it's probably more you know that the disappointment. I think he'd been he'd given a couple of chances prior that had been bowled on a a no ball, wouldn't he, at one point? Or, yeah. Sorry, I can't remember exactly. But, yeah, he had a couple of opportunities. So um, I think the frustration levels were quite high for the English bowlers at that point. Uh, Martin Love, my guest this afternoon. A man who's been there and done it before for Australia and in an Ashes as well. Five test matches for his country. He made his debut on the Boxing Day test in an Ashes series 02 uh, and 03. But he's also spent a bit of time in the, in the UK playing county cricket as well. It was Durham and... Um, was Middlesex another no, – is that who you played for, Marty? Uh, Northamptonshire. I North played so three years with Durham and two years with uh, Northamptonshire. Yeah. So oh, good times. Hey, good times indeed. And right now you're still part of the, the Queensland setup. You're the Queensland physio. And I want you to put your medical hat on here, probably not in the physio department, but we've seen Mo and Ali uh, get in trouble by the ICC and he's been fined for breaching the code of conduct. And, and it's basically um, using magic spray on his hands, on his fingers, because his fingers have been ripped up from the, from the seam of the, of the ball. How, how common is this? How painful is this for a bowler to be going through? Uh, quite common for spinners, mm-hmm. uh, particularly at the start of a season. So Moen's come off IPL where he, I don't even know if he bowled a ball in a game over there, but, but he, he wouldn't have bowled much. And then going back from the balls they use in England, uh, India for IPL, to a Duke's ball, which is a bit more prominent and um, a rougher seam, if you like. And that skin where you use the purchase on, on that uh, index finger to, you know, to spin the ball, it just wears down quickly, particularly if you haven't got you know, an, an old callus there or something. Uh, so if you haven't bowled much, then you, know, you, will, you will get that skin... Um, uh, breakage to happen, and yeah, it didn't look good, did it? So I think that's going to be certainly going to be a challenge for him uh, second innings because you can't cover it with anything and bowl. So you have to leave it as it is. You can't put a Band-Aid on it or any sort of strapping tape or anything like that. You've got to leave it open. So uh, that's going to be a challenge for him, uh, definitely, second innings. And even moving forward, it does take takes a couple of weeks to heal properly, and then you, you're not meant to bowl in that time. So it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he goes for the rest of the series. He was using like a, a drying spray or a magic spray. We just call it the magic spray. What, what would it be? And what, what's something you can put on it, not a, not a bandage? Is there anything you can do to treat them, Marty? Yeah, so he probably was trying to coat it with a, a thin film. So there's different types. There's sprays that makes your hands sticky. Um, and there's other little sprays you can get that actually covers the, uh, like the, the bare skin to give it a, like a thin layer of artificial skin kind of thing. I, don't, I didn't actually see what he used, but it's one of those. But either way, it's not going to really help him. And the fact that he got 
court meant that he was doing it on the field. I, I think was the was the reason, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah, and you could easily do that in the dressing room. It wouldn't be a problem. Mm. But I think visually, you know, uh, it's not a good look. Well, I, I know that um, it was um, Jadeja got in the same sort of problem, wasn't he, when he was putting like a, a cream or, or something on his fingers that were swelling in that uh, test match earlier this year or test match series against Australia. So it's obviously something that the world's best do uh, do do um, do encounter and the way they do it. I mean, Mo and Ali did it right in the viewer cameras. He did it on the boundary line with a can of spray. He didn't uh, obviously think twice about doing it. Uh, it probably needed the umpire's approval to do it, and they probably wouldn't have given it to him anyway. But either way, he, he's been he's been fined and breach of uh, the code of conduct for that. Um, Money, one final one, and you just mentioned about the the bowling that the uh, that the pace attacks both of them will have to do. And England have got the aging bowlers. What about our pace attack? We've got no Mitchell Stark this time, and we did hear at the beginning of this series that all of our bowlers will be used at some time at some stage. No Mitchell Stark this time around, but Michael Nisa. My God, what else does he have to do to get into this team? Well, it's a great question. He's done all he can, I think, at at this point. He's been a great servant for Queensland the last four or five, even six seasons, and he's done very well for us. I think with Ness, he probably doesn't quite have the pace of some of the others or the height. So for him, in English conditions would require uh, a greener-type wicket that he can move it around the scene. Yep. Um, And he he bowls very well left-handed. So... um, That'd be the conditions he'd be after. So on a more of a flatter type wicket, he probably wouldn't be the first picked. Um, but having said that, as we know, it's a five-test series and anything can happen. And he's, he's only an injury or two away from being in there. Not that we wish that on any of the bowlers that no, are there. No, but very, very that, true. I think there'll be uh, they'll rotate the bowlers around. It's a long series. So it's six test matches in a row pretty much coming off the back of not much. So I'd be surprised if you know any of those bowlers play every game. Obviously, Cummins being captain will prob- probably will, but the rest will rotate mm. through and play probably four of the six, if you like, or three of the five Ashes tests. It'll really depend on what conditions they end up with um, and what, what bowlers suit those conditions. Just looking at what the next tests will be, I mean, Lords is the second test, then off to Headingley and Leeds, Old Trafford, and then back to London for the Oval. Uh, do any of those grounds... Uh, traditionally, in your experience, suit someone like a Michael Nisa? Um, definitely Lords and uh, Headingley. Um, they, can tend, they tend to be affected by the overhead conditions a mm. little bit more. So if it's cloudy and low cloud and, and that sort of thing, um, then the ball tends to swing and move around a bit more as opposed to a, you know, a sunny day. Um, Manchester's can be, or well, used to be once upon a time, a quite a, a spinner's, spinner's wicket. But I, and I think they've been relayed or the ground's been changed, so I'm not sure what that wicket's like now. And the oval, as we saw in the Test Championships, can be quite flat as well, but generally has a bit, bit of carry in it for the bowlers, so there's a good pace off the wicket. But there's, there's varying... That's the beauty about England is the conditions from ground around changes um, or can change depending on the overhead conditions. So really one day you turn up and it's bright sunshine you won't swing the ball at all if you turn up the next morning and it's overcast it'll swing around corners so 
Um, there's some of the conditions that you look up before you look down sometimes. If it's sunshine, you bowl. Or sunshine, you, you bat first, definitely. Ah, the beauty of playing in the UK. Marty, thank you very much mm-hmm. for letting us pick your brains uh, this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you again. And and we know that Jimmy Pearson is uh, jumping on a flight and heading over there to be cover for the second test as uh, as Josh Inglis comes home for the birth of his child. So uh, we, uh, we will be speaking to Jimmy when he's on the ground in the UK over the next couple of days. Thank you, mate. Thank you for flying the Queensland flag with us today on SENQ. Martin Love, uh, one of the Bulls' leading run scorers, past 10,000 runs in his journey, overtook Stewie Law and uh, and has also played for Australia, scoring that unbeaten century against, uh, it was Bangladesh, I'm pretty sure it was. Yes, Bangladesh. Um, but five tests for this country, including an Ashes uh, couple at the SCG and the MCG. 23 minutes past two this Monday afternoon. Benny's long lunch here at SENQ.